I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Oh, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined. As always, I'm my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com on that Friday feeling. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Man, we feeling it still. Uh, first big emergency podcast yesterday. Much much needed. Our what second emergency podcast ever <laughs> since the uh, the Nerlens trade. All the ass, yeah, true, that's true, that's true. Um, what, just now that we have digested this trade even more, it is, it's still... I mean, you still got to like kind of pinch yourself that it actually happened that this big of a trade happened for the Mavericks. Because we were, we downplayed it so much and kept saying the Mavericks have another move in them, but it's not going to be this. They don't have this. Like they don't have the this stuff to get Porzingis unless the Knicks won all that cap space and apparently the Knicks did win all that cap space. Yeah, cuz I mean, you we thought it might be something um kind of a lateral type move, um especially with Dennis's value. Like I mean, to all the people out there, still thought or had thought in your mind that Dennison uh, was going to be staying in Dallas. That just was never the case. That once all that stuff transpired, that just wasn't the case. He was not going to stay here, and that's why we kind of kept on saying that on the pod. And people started. We kept the trade watch going, and people kept getting mad. And like, why? Because he was going to get traded. That's just part of it. It was day seventeen, by the way. <laughs> and uh, DSJ Brian, trade watch day seventeen is when it happened. Day 17, yep. and Brian Windhorst on his podcast today, I was listening to some of it, and he was talking, he said, you know, Dallas was talking to the Magic and brought up Mo Bamba and talked about how they were talking about Mo Bamba and all that stuff. That would have been a lateral type of trade. We would have still been like, hey, <clears throat> he probably fits alongside Luka, um, possibly better, but we, was, you know, Dennis would have been happy and all that stuff, And but this, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is um, insane, and all of the different ripple effects that we talked about a little we mentioned on yesterday's pod that this can have on the rest of the roster and going forward is it's massive it's interesting so today what we're going to talk about is we'll mention we'll mention the mavericks loss to the pistons uh they did and then we'll talk more about the chris Porzingis trade some more of the after effects like isaac said and that's what we're going to get to on this show um all right let's just get let's just get the game out of the way the mavericks um, the Mavericks B team, the Mavericks C team, like in middle school, we had the, the, you know, the middle school team had a B team an A team and a C team. I was on the B team. And if ever there was like an A team member that couldn't play or was sick or hurt or something, they'd call up people from the, from the B team. And this felt like the entire B team was called up <laughs> to, to play against the Pistons. Uh, the starting lineup was Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney Smith, Maxi Kleba, Solomon Mejuri, and Harrison Barnes. Luca did not the starting lineup. There you go. <laughs> Luca did not play because of an ankle injury. He was on the bench, and during the game, he was told that he would not be an All Star. Um, we will talk about that as well. But just more on this game. Harrison Barnes had a decent game: twenty-seven points, seven boards, four assists. Three of those were, I think, in the, the first quarter. I texted Isaac. I was like, "Man, Harrison Barnes looks good." And then after that, he just did not pass ever again. So <laughs> par par for the course at this point. Oh, we love Jalen Brunson, and 
I, I love seeing him getting more minutes. Uh, I hope that Trey Burke doesn't take minutes from him. Um, Isaac really hates Trey Burke. I don't hate Trey Burke. Don't speak that blasphemy. It's the, it's the only. It's the thing you've talked about most since this trade happened. I just said that out of those parts, I definitely. Yeah, I just. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I I love seeing Jalen get more opportunity and. I mean, it was a weird game that the Pistons, who are on the brink of a playoff spot, let this Mavericks team that was so short-handed almost beat them at home in Detroit. And I really thought they were going to pull it off there, but uh, they just couldn't pull it off in the end. And I, I think that's the most understandable um, loss that we've had as fans. And like most, uh, I, I don't care about the, this loss uh, type of game, and uh, because obviously <laughs> everything around it was all about the trade and before the game and Rick kind of dancing around it, couldn't talk about it, couldn't talk about it after the game because he even said that there's physicals and stuff to have to be, you know, had and all that. Um, there had to be a, a player to be waived. And that was a thing before some people thought it might be a uh, solid measure. And we we're like, no, you know, we're bummed about it. Uh, and, <laughs> and then, you know, news came out of this race spalding, which I'm still super bummed uh, about the spalding one. It, it makes a little bit more sense for him because he was that 15th guy and he hasn't, you know, really played for him. So I hope that he ends up in Frisco. I hope that's the that's the deal. But uh, yeah, I mean that that's the route they're going with because they brought in four players in that deal. They only sent out three. But this whole day and night, even though that there was a game, was all about the Porzingis trade. Completely. Um- yeah, this trade came down, or this game came just came down to the end. The Mavericks had the lead pretty much the entire second, third, and fourth quarter. They lost the lead briefly in the fourth quarter, and then just lost at the very end when the uh, Pistons started making a couple shots. The Mavericks missed four shots. Their last, I think, it's their last four shots. Harrison Barnes threw up a crazy three. Uh, Devin with the with the Herculean alley or the uh, Herculean uh, save with the ball there at the very yeah. end, just like. Flying out of bounds over his head, two-handed throw back out to Brunson, um, but the Mavericks end up losing the game. So, but like we said, um, this whole day was about Porzingis and this Porzingis trade. So, when we come back, let's talk about this Porzingis trade and more of the ripple effects going forward. All right, Isaac. So we mentioned that um, Ray Spalding was going to be the, the guy going out. We hope that. Um, we hope that he ends up in Frisco. Um, Wes Matthews is obviously gone. DeAndre Jordan's obviously gone. Dennis is now gone. Do we want to do like some kind of eulogy for those guys? Do we want to talk about you know them going out, or do we want to get more into the players coming in? Uh, I think we should just mention a little bit. Just and I want to focus mainly on Wes because Wes. When when the DeAndre thing happened a few years ago over this that summer, and I know Dallas upped their offer to bring Wes in at a, at a high price and coming off the Achilles, we get that. But the fight, the determination, the competitive competitiveness of Wes Matthews uh, from the his opening day in Dallas, like he fought so hard, and I never personally like got to know him that well during his time here because. He, he was hard to approach like he was a hard approach as a media person he's hard to approach just in the locker room just to just to just to chat because and but here's the thing and I've said this on the pod before he I respected the crap out of him 
even though I barely you know, like interviewed him for stories and stuff, I respect him because I feel like I would be like him. I would be so pissed off after losses, and I would be so mad when other players can just smile and just turn the light switch on and off. It felt like he carried it, honestly carried it with him. It felt like he honestly gave everything he had and left it on the court. And so I respect his his grind and his fight so much and his recovery after that Achilles and even Rick Carlisle and Rick Carlisle said um, uh, this is Mike Pisa on ESPN he said Wes Matthews is one of the guys I respect and hold in the highest regard for what he stands for as a player as a competitor and what he went through with his rehab from his Achilles guys had an amazing career and a great three and a half years with us they 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 have they could have traded him at different points over the past year or so but they loved having his presence in the locker room. And that that doesn't go unnoticed. It looks like I've seen, uh, I think, as Ian Begley for ESPN, uh, the Knicks reporter saying that right now Steve Mills is saying that, hey, we like DeAndre and Wes and we want to keep them uh, for our locker room. Um, and that speaks to them because they are positive locker room presence. And... Um, I think there's another tidbit of that too, of like, and something I, I didn't even think about earlier. If they hold on to them, they have their bird rights, right? Going into the summer? Yeah. And then, I mean, those are two heck of pieces you'd like to pair around some potential stars. If you go out and get two max free agents, then you still have the bird rights to DeAndre and Wes to bring them back on cheaper deals after you sign the max guys. I That's a route that I could see the Knicks going if DeAndre and Wes are down to lose the rest of the year. But, well, don't the bird rights only matter if you want to give them the max, right? Well, no, no bird rights. But you could go over the cap to re-sign them, right? Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. I just worded it wrong. Um, but, yeah, what Wes has been here, and he's been he's been great personally for just the team and everything. And, <clears throat> yeah, he's the one I want to speak on the most just because he's been here so long. And he's I just been here respect. the longest of the three. Or the yes. four, I guess, if you count and I, I just, I literally uh, respect the crap out of him. And I, I hope he can get into a playoff team because, like we've said a thousand times, he deserves to be in the playoffs. He's a playoff type of competitor. Definitely. And people were already talking about as soon as he gets bought out, you know, Philadelphia is going to be the first one calling. By the way, we're recording this uh, late Thursday night. So if anything's happened between now and whenever I drop this on Friday, um, that's why we haven't talked about it. So. Uh, but yeah, whoever when, if he if he does get bought out, which in the the Knicks you know presser about this whole thing, they said that they intend to keep them. So uh, I don't know things things change in in Knicks land all the time, <laughs> like very quickly you can tell. Um, but we'll Steve Mills' conference call with reporters this afternoon or tonight, um, man, he did not hold back words, and all he got to do is just look yeah. some beat writers for uh, for the Knicks and. Um, putting the blame and target on Kristaps Porzingis is definitely an understatement because uh, that is definitely the route they took and uh, basically going the, hey, he didn't want to be here route, so we weren't going to pay him. Uh, so that was Steve very Steve Mills on Kristaps Porzingis. This is from Mike Vor- Vorknov. Vorka? Vorkov? Vorkov. He was part of our future, but we started to get a feel or we could see he wasn't on board with it. We wanted a confirmation that he was completely in or out, but he made it clear to us that he was no longer part of our group. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, because he was not part of the group because you guys didn't play him and he was coming back. And man, it's just it's it's a weird it's a whole weird thing. I'm working on a video with with the timeline of everything. 
here's kind of the, the rough timeline I have so far uh, of this whole Porzingis thing. So uh, there's stuff before this. I don't have anything farther than this. But in March of 2017, Christoph oh, Porzingis, Porzingis this is, so this is two years ago now, Porzingis talks about this. this Phil Jackson was still on, and they, he talks about the frustration and confusion with the, the triangle offense and how team, the team just doesn't even know where they're supposed to be. He's frustrated with it. In April 15th, that's the exit interview, the famous um, exit interview that Porzingis skipped, and that's when we all kind of made our jokes about, oh, Christoph Porzingis' future maverick and all this stuff, and we were trying to look two years into the future, and, well, here we are, <laughs> which is yeah. pretty wild. Um, he skipped his exit interview with the team, uh, which is not a media thing, by the way. This is an exit interview with you know, player and, and front office. He skipped it. Uh, and then June 20th, 2017, Woj reported that the Knicks had not ruled out a trade for Christoph Porzingis. That was kind of a weird thing. Um, other teams were mentioned. The Celtics were mentioned. Uh, David Aldridge on June 22nd even mentioned that the Suns had a Christoph Porzingis deal on the table um, to deal him. So there was rumors about that. Then later, you know, two months later in August 2017 was the NBA Africa game. <laughs> That's when um, Dirk and Porzingis had that sit-down interview together, and they were playing around. That was when uh, Porzingis <laughs> had that huge like tomahawk dunk in warm-ups, and Dirk tried it, and he completely missed it. <laughs> yes. That was super fun. Then on December 14, 2017, Porzingis tweeted about Luka Doncic. He tweeted a, a <laughs> clip of him and said, this guy you know, is crazy, and he's awesome, and... Um, and then you fast forward a year to October 16th, um, October 16th, 2018. So this is just a couple months ago. The Knicks didn't sign Porzingis to a rookie extension. This is because they wanted this cap space this summer. They wanted to, uh, make the, make the, you know, the long-term deal happen this summer with his bird rights. Like Isaac and I were talking about earlier. And so they didn't sign him to the extension. Isn't this the same thing that happened with Gordon Hayward? It, it wasn't the rookie extension, but. There's something with with Gordon Hayward that they did kind of, and then it would be equivalent to Porzingis going out and getting an offer for somebody. Because remember, Hayward went out and got like the max from like Charlotte, I think. It was either Charlotte or and, Cleveland or something like that. It was like Cleveland yeah, yeah. before LeBron came back. Yeah, it was like one of those people. He he got a max from, and then you know they had to match it. So it, it kind of people have said that it kind of put a sour note on that relationship. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. So if Porzingis went out and he got. And Max offer sheet from like Dallas this summer, and he was still on the Knicks, and the Knicks matched it. It would be yeah. like that. So it's sort of the same kind of situation in that way. Uh, they didn't sign him to that extension. And then a weird story that I, uh, a month later, David Fisdell said to the media that Porzingis had not progressed uh, recently in his rehab, and that the Latvian was still doing light running, and he's not at the level of sprinting yet. A couple hours later, Porzingis posts on his Instagram his Instagram story pictures of him sprinting on a track. <laughs> I didn't even know this. It's just, that's just the weird stuff that happens. And then, uh, then January thirtieth, Dallas plays in New York. Blah blah blah. Donnie or Donnie Nelson is in New York for something, and we don't know what it is. And then, boom, trade happens the next day. He's visiting the Statue of Liberty. I don't know. Going. <laughs> it's just a, it's kind of a crazy timeline but it's it is you're seeing the you're, you're seeing the effects of a front office or just an organization and he's had he's had four coaches he's had he came in to Derek fisher oh the, dear the Lord. end of Derek fisher's reign he got fired during chris hopsburg his rookie year and then kurt rambis took over as the interim and then he had jeff hornacek for two years two full years which i guess was good 
And they got rid of him, and now he has David Fisdale. He's never even played for David Fisdale, but he's been under him. So Fisdale's been talking about him, and, you know, he's been there, but he's never even played for him yet. And, man, and he's had two front offices. He's had the Phil Jackson, you know, reign where Phil Jackson drafted him and took that huge swing for him, and people were all upset about it. And um, you wonder, like, the stuff about the Knicks fans hating him when he first got there. You know, some of that just kind of weighed on him, and then – you never know. You never know what, what a guy is thinking or what's going on with all, the, you know, how he feels about the franchise, the relationship, and all that. It's just funny, like, kind of where we're at now because when Porzingis came into the league, it was, hey, seven, uh, you know, seven foot white dude who can shoot. And everybody was already joking, oh my gosh, it's a, the new Dirk. It's the next Dirk. And yeah. he's so athletic. And, um, you know, he's more, you know, more of a defensive presence than Dirk was, you know or has ever been and just everything you know around Porzingis being that next Dirk so then everybody just naturally oh my gosh I love him in the, you know on the Mavericks and all this stuff and then even when all the stuff started dropping this morning that he met with the Knicks front office and stuff everybody's like, oh my gosh Porzingis blah 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 meanwhile there there haven't been any connections to the Mavericks at all like no like no just that reporting. the Mavericks liked him and the Mavericks were into him and yeah, then, yeah, and, but and like the poor thing is like Dirk. That was kind of the only thing. Yeah, but it, it wasn't like you know there was some big report that Dallas was targeting for free agents, you know, free agency this summer or yeah. anything like that. And it's just bam, all this stuff that like even my wife. So I actually got caught the tail end of uh, my son's uh, six month appointment that I, I kind of skipped out on to do the emergency pilot How's he doing? And uh, oh, he's doing great. He's doing great. <laughs> he's got a little head. It's like a little coconut head and it's funny. But uh, so anyway, we're in the doctor's office and my wife is, uh, she's looking at, she goes, how did you know that this was happening yesterday? And I'm like, I didn't know this happened yesterday. And sometimes I tell her stuff that I do know is going to happen just because I know she's not going to tell anybody. But this wasn't one of those cases. And she goes, she goes, yeah, but she tweeted out this uh, this picture of him and Porzingis, Luca and Porzingis. And she shows me and she clicks on it and she's like, look at this reply. It was a random reply by a random person that says, yes, Porzingis to Dallas confirmed. She goes, that person confirmed it last night. So I had to try to explain him like, that's what all the fans are saying right now, though. But like all the fans are like just saying like, it's going to happen. Like poor thing is to, to the Mavs. It's confirmed 2000, you know, all this stuff. And uh, she didn't get that. It was a it was just a fan thing that people were saying. She thought it was actually like, oh, no, he's confirming that this random person on Twitter. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man, that's pretty funny. Uh because that's just how fans talk. They talk like things are already a done deal and, and everything. And then she also looked at me and said, I want a Porzingis jersey. And I'm like, huh? What? You have never said that about Luca. She goes, eh, I just want a Porzingis jersey. I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, no Luca, no Luca at all, but uh, it's Porzingis. I guess uh, she, she likes him tall and skinny and not, not short and thick. I guess, <laughs> um, I guess tell, Luca's tell me not about... short, but Porzingis is 7'3. So couple little things i want i want you to talk about the picks in a little bit but one tiny little thing yeah let's take a break and then uh, go ahead and tease whatever you're going to talk about next the trade exception that was created Ooh. all right isaac so like you mentioned the mavericks did create a trade exception so explain to everybody kind of what that means and how the mavericks can use that well what was tweeted out Funny, Jeff, is it Jeff Siegel, Early Bird Rights? Who runs that yeah, site? Yeah, yeah, Jeff Siegel. 
Okay, he he's an incredible cat person, and he he's on top of things like super quick. So I went to his just looking at the cap sets because he already had it updated, and at the bottom he had West Matthews um, trade exception uh, expires, and he has it on his site expires January two thousand twenty, and I I, I um texted the link to Nick and I'm like, man, if, if they really, if they really created that trade exception, that would be uh, pretty sweet. Like that's a low key, like small little thing that people's going to look past. But, and then Woj tweeted out a couple hours ago, said Dallas created a $12.9 million trade exception. That's a pretty dang big trade exception. Sometimes you see these things like five, 7 million, 8 million. This is basically $13 million trade exception. So basically you can trade a player into it without giving up a player. So if you're, this is perfect for a, um, this is perfect for Dallas to jump in as like a third team on a type of deal. If you find a team that really needs to unload a contract, you know, it's like 10 million or even like an expiring to make like some salaries. Oh gosh. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, something along those lines, they can call up Dallas and be like, hey, you have basically a $13 million trade exception. Can you absorb this player into that exception and we'll give you a pick? Or even if it's a player that's good, like Dallas can just take them and not have to like give up anything for it because they have this exception. So, yeah, it, it's a it's definitely a low-key thing to keep an eye on, whether they use it before the deadline, whether they use it this summer, whether they use it uh, the next fall, you know, if it expires in 2020, January. Uh, so, yeah, I, well, actually, I think it does because I think it's a full year, basically. So, yeah, that's, that's a, th- a card in their back pocket that you should not forget about. But you will, and it's okay. <laughs> and then we'll remind you on this podcast. So we also want to talk about the uh, draft picks. So the, the draft picks and the protections have been released, uh, at least reported or rumored, by the way. Um, so the first draft – okay, I'm just going to read Zach Lowe's tweet because he says it better than I can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Mavericks are sending a 2021 pick, and that is unprotected. Um, according to Zach Lowe, pick details via league memo. New York Knicks received next available Dallas first rounder unprotected. So because of the Stepien rule which doesn't allow teams to trade cons- you know consecutive first round draft picks. The Mavericks already have their 2019 pick which is this sum- this year's pick um, going to Atlanta because of the Doncic trade. If it doesn't convey then this all gets kind of crazy. <laughs> but we all assume that it is going to convey there's just a very low chance that the Mavericks would get in the top 5 this year. It's still a possibility it, it, if they don't make the stop. playoffs, but No, just stop with the tank stuff. Can we still stop I don't stop think anyone's doing that now. I don't know. I've seen some people on Twitter like now we're just going to tank it out. I'm like, "No, that's not going to uh, no, just no." Anyway, deciding on when that will happen. New York receives either Dallas is 2023, 24, or 20, 2025 first-round pick, top 10 protected in all three years. If they haven't received a first by 2025, they get the Mavs' 2025 second-round pick. So, essentially, the Mavericks' 2019 pick goes out, and then the um, 2021 pick goes to the Knicks. And then in 2020. Was it now? What, now what year are we? Twenty three. Oh my gosh, we're 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 both gonna be in our thirties. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, two thousand nineteen pick goes to the Hawks. Two thousand twenty one unprotected to the Knicks. Two thousand twenty twenty three top ten. Top ten protected, and then if the Mavericks get a top ten pick in two thousand twenty three, twenty four, and two thousand twenty five, <laughs> they're a dynasty at this point. A, a tanking process ridden dynasty. 
the the two the the second pick in this deal becomes 2025 second round pick. So we're assuming that it's now just it's just three first round picks in different years. So um, yeah, just alternating years for you know yep. for the next what five years I guess if we count this upcoming draft. Yeah, so they will um, have a pick in 2020 and 2022. They're, they will have their first yeah. round pick unless they're able to acquire, let's say, a pick this year, and then they're able to trade. for that trade exception. They they could, and then they're able to trade that 2020 pick. But the thing is, we don't care about any of these picks. Like not not one. We don't bit. care about these picks because the 2021 pick will come after a a season, hopefully, of a full season of Porzingis and and Luca, right? <laughs> like yes. And so that would be like in the twenties. And these are the players that were drafted in the twenties. They're not very good this year. Uh, like uh, Grayson Allen, uh, Aaron Holiday is interesting. Anthony Simons is not really played. Moritz Wagner, uh, Landry Shamit, Robert Williams, Jacob Evans, um, Amari Spellman was the thirtieth pick. It just guys, like, you're talking about players like that essentially. And yeah, they, it, they're it, okay players, but there's very rarely do you get like a Rudy Gobert at thirty. And here and here's the thing. Like, yes, they're first round picks. Yes, you could get valuable players. We just got Jalen Brunson, and he's playing really well this year. They're not going to be the Nets. But but here's the thing. We have freaking Luka Doncic at 19 years old. Yes. The la- the last pick in this thing that conveys in 2023, Luka will be what? 23? Maybe 23, yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's this is why this trade that some people look at and say, okay, Porzingis and ACL tear. Um, you're giving up two firsts, or, you know, if you want to say two and a half firsts and count Dennis as, like, a one-year guy, basically. Like, you're giving up some of these type of things. Listen, Luca is so young, it, it is beyond the, the the risk that you can take of the reward that you can get in Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Like, yeah. that is, in the worst-case scenario, worst-case scenario, that is, like, you don't even want to think about that something injury-prone with Porzingis, and he he just, he's out of the league, and you have to convey the picks and all that stuff. You're at square one when Luka's 23. So, like, that's the worst-case scenario in which... But Donnie and them work magic, and stuff's going to happen between. It's like these these first round draft picks. If you think Donnie and them's just going to sit there with Luca and Porzingis and be this, you know, half on the bubble playoff team, then you got it wrong. Like they're going to spend these next years. This move shows, hey, <coughs> Luca's so young. We want to go spending. We want to do this thing, and they're going to try to get creative probably this summer with some things. They're, I mean, they're the opportunities are endless when you have two superstar type guys this is where this is what you dream and build teams for so yeah this is, Luka, why, this is why you have those first round picks to exactly get, to have the opportunity to get a Christoph Porzingis now you can say well he's coming off the ACL we're just not sure the the chance that Christoph Porzingis will come back from the injury and be as good as he was is much better than the chance that you will draft a player that will be as good as Christoph Porzingis with, with any of these picks Exactly. Yeah. So, like, and you still get two draft picks in between there. You still yeah. get to 2020, 2022. Now, once you start that season, you can trade the pick that season. That's where some people get compl- get confused with the Stepien rule of, you know, like, this pick. Like, the Hawks, you know, the, Haw- the pick's going to go to the Hawks this year. Once they start the season next year, they can trade that pick next year. They can trade the 2020 pick once the season starts. It's just it, you can't trade them in these like future drafts. So they could theoretically 
keep trading them that year and try to get you know pull like a Pelicans. There's a reason why the Pelicans haven't had a first round pick forever because they literally just trade it every single year and it for immediate help to help Anthony Davis. So, but if they you know if they keep them, those are two first that you're going to have anyway. And so, I the first doesn't matter to me. And some people were making a big deal about that today. You know, fans or other media of like, oh my gosh, can't believe Dallas gave up the well in their dream scenario. Those firsts are going to be like twenty, you know, in the in the mid to late twenties. So uh, now we just see what how they how they build the team around them. Always complaining about something. <laughs> and and. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but Porzingis, we said trust two people. Trust Casey Casey Smith, the head athletic <laughs> medical yeah. guy for the, for the Mavericks. Okay, trust him. And then two, trust Donnie Nelson. They're not going to make this trade if they don't have a pretty dang good sense that Porzingis wants to be in Dallas for the long run <laughs> after the game in Detroit. The media talked to talked to Luca, and they even asked, "Hey, somebody asked. I wish I could give him credit. I don't know who asked the question, um, but they asked Luca, have you talked to Porzingis already?" He said, "Yeah, I've talked to him already." And they said, "Was it happy? Good?" He said, "Yeah, he was happy. Yeah, for sure." And they they're obviously friends, Porzingis and Porzingis. What better situation? And Tim McMahon like. Uh, on that Brian Windhorst podcast, like McMahon was saying, he's like, listen, their intention is to sign him long-term this summer. And all signs should point to that because if you're Porzingis, there's no way you can give up guaranteed money like that coming off an ACL as a seven-footer. And then two, what other situation do you want? You just left the biggest, arguably the biggest market in the NBA. So what do you want to do? Try to find a running mate and to win? What better running mate around your age do you want to play with besides a playmaker like Luka Doncic? So the situation, and not only that, you're like idle is there. It's going to be there to help you and to, to like mentor you. Like it is literally, literally for the, the best perfect. coach he's ever played for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the perfect situation on paper for somebody like Kristaps Porzingis and even a chance for Dallas to say, we don't care about the ACL. We believe in you and we want you to be our, the make this dynamic duo. That's going to be one of the faces of the league for the next, you know, hopeful decade. And I, I see, yeah, that I wouldn't even waste any of my sleep or any breath on people saying, oh my gosh, he might leave this summer. I, I don't see any way that that happens. Yeah, especially if they offered him the full the full deal. It would be just really hard for him to turn down a you know, full deal like that. Yeah, and, and you look at the roster right now. I mean, right now, if no if they make no more moves heading into the summer, the roster's kind of set, really. Because if you look at next year and say, okay, Luka, if you want to just say starters, let's just say Luka, Porzingis, Barnes, Tim Hardaway, and, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Because right now, what went from the Mavericks are going to go shopping this summer for big names, now can we both agree that the the main goal this summer, besides Porzingis, the main goal this summer is to bring back Dorian and Maxi. Yeah, yeah, and maybe try to add someone else. If you can if you can sign Maxi and Dorian with their bird rights to go over the cap, maybe you try to get one other kind of piece. Maybe that's, I don't know, another wing or something like that. Yeah, so A if defensive you... Defensive point guard or something like that. If you have that as your starting unit and then – 
These are just players that's, uh, that's under contract for next year. Basically, if you bring back Maxi, and then that next unit is Maxi and Brunson and Dwight Powell and Courtney Lee and JJ comes back. I mean, right there, that's 10 players already. And I mean, so then you're not even looking at guys that they might bring back that or free agents like Salah or Ryan Brokoff or, um, or Devin, you know, Dirk, we, you know, whatever, Dirk. So the pieces are in place for a roster heading into next year. It's just, do we, do we see something happen over the next week? Do they try to make another move? Or do they? I wouldn't be surprised at some point over the next year, over the next 12 months, they make some type of trade and get some type of first round pick back. That's just a, a, a prediction for my for me. You can, you can take that prediction to the bank right there. <laughs> take do it to I, the bank, guys. Are we about to wrap it up? I have one last yep. question for you. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Does this take them out of – does this trade take them out completely of any more bigger trade, a.k.a. Mike Conley or anybody like that? I think so. Okay. I think so. Barnes is still – we're still not sure how they feel about Barnes right now. We they've been so for Barnes, and yeah, we just don't know. That's kind of the that's kind of the next like they would have to move him for or Mike Conley move, like a move like that, right? That's the only salary that they have. That's the only yeah that would be able to match that. Um, so maybe yeah, but but in if even if they don't. You you would have right now. You're gonna have Tim Hardaway, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Harrison Barnes as these three wing guys. That's what six. How how tall you say Tim Hardaway is? Six five, six six. Yeah, I mean six five two. Six five, six six to you know six eight. You're gonna have three of them alongside Luca. This is what stuff that you want, and then you kind of play with. Um, Really, I would say, well, anyway, we're going to get into all that of if Tim Hardaway comes off the bench, but you could really play, if he's a starter, you could play around with whoever's the fifth starter and say, is it Dorian? Is it Brunson? Is it Courtney Lee? Is you know, whatever you want to do with that. But you should, I guess we'll see him in action on Saturday against the Cavs. And the ESPN roster page for the Mavericks is already updated. If you want to go look at it, it's fun to look at. (laughs) Is this one that had Dirk as a point guard? (laughs) <laughs> he's a power. He's listed as a power forward on this one. They also still have Ray Spalding on here, but that's okay. Oh, uh, right, right. All right, guys. There you go. Um, that's the show today. There's a Mavericks game on. Let's see. Saturday. 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 They play the uh, at the Cavs. So maybe that's the first time we'll see Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke, and and all them. So. We'll see. First game should be a winnable, should be a very, very winnable game. Yeah. And uh, Lucas said after the game in Detroit that he plans on playing in that Cavs game. So, uh, yeah, let's hopefully they get a win before that next game rolls around. Hornets then, is Hornets on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So they'll have that's like three good, days. That's in. a good break, and that's a home game too. So break to bring the new new guys in. I would. Okay, never mind. Let's keep. Yeah. There you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom.